Well, your team might have missed the big game this year, but my bookie's double deposit bonus. Make sure you won't. Sign up at MyBookie now and use my promo code ZABE to have your first deposit matched instantly so you can get in on all the action of Super Bowl 56. The only way watching the biggest game of the year could get any better is to get paid doing it, and MyBookie gives you everything you need to do it. With double your money, you can double your winnings, and the best starting point for the big game is with Super Bowl prop bets. Whether it's on or off the field, there's no shortage of wagers to choose from for the Super Bowl, so get in on the action and let the confetti fall and walk away a winner don't miss out head to my bookie and double your first deposit up to a thousand dollars by using promo code zabe charlie zulu alpha bravo echo place your bets and get ready for the unmatched excitement of the super bowl bet anything anytime anywhere with my bookie today on the zabe cast a trip to the mall and a shocking encounter with a piece of luggage Andy Poland joins me and we'll get his take on Super Bowl 56 and the league that loves to investigate itself. That plus his thoughts on the commanders and a very dubious claim about season tickets. All that plus a left-handed beatdown of Mickelson by Brandel Chambly. Your 40-minute dose of pure me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! Here we go! Monday, February 7, 2022. Thank you for downloading. We'll get right to Andy in a second. But first, have you seen the price of luggage lately? Oh, I know. Meat has gone through the roof. Gas is up. Other things are up, 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 up around the board. Luggage, though? Maybe it's not up. There is lots of luggage. In the Macy's department store in Tyson's Corner Mall that I was in on Sunday. Uh, Just killing time. More on that with Andy in a second. And uh, because I'm going to Mexico this week with the guys and gals at 97.3 The Game to have Sunburn Bowl 3, which is going to be epic. I said, you know, this current polypropylene shell has got a big of of luggage that I have. This big roller bag, which is all it is. It's just, it's a giant hard impact plastic clamshell with zippers and some liners and four wheels on the bottom. By the way, the four wheels on luggage, spinner wheels, has to be the greatest invention since fill in the blank. It's up there. It's it's such a game changer. It's not even funny. Okay. Put sky caps out of business, but that's a whole different story. So and bag fees. <laughs> Who would have a sky cap with three or four huge pieces of luggage with no wheels on them when you got to pay $100 per extra bag or just per bag, depending on your airline? So anyway, I've got this. I've got two hard shell pieces of luggage with four wheels on them, like everyone does. And I was like, oh, you know, and one of them is a, has a, had a big crack in it. You know, one of the, one of the gamboons for the airline threw it on something, got cracked, and I fixed it up with a good old southern fix-it-all. Duct tape. Ah, put some duct tape on it. I'll be fine. Makes my luggage very easy to spot now on the carousel. Anyway, so I thought, eh, you know what? I'm in a bit of a spendy mood today. Maybe I'll get some new luggage. So I roll up on this, pun intended, I roll up on this nice, sharp-looking piece of luggage, 
It's got the basics. It's hard plastic, kind of a silvery exterior, kind of some little texture on it, had reinforced corners, uh, little little metal plates on the corners to reinforce it, had the TSA-friendly combination lock, and four gorgeous wheels that spun, 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 and a, and a retractable handle. I'm like, all right, let's see. And I saw the sign, 50% off. Wow. All right. Now we're talking. So I looked at the tag. I see a price. Looked around. I looked underneath. Couldn't find it. I actually stopped to get the lock open. Maybe it's inside. Let me see what's in here. No, no, no. Look around. I look up at the sign. I walk around the corner. I'm like, son of a bitch. No price on this. Okay. So I go up to the register. I go, yeah, I was interested in this luggage, but I couldn't see a price. Could you ring this up for me and you know scan it, see what it says? The answer was $430. Well, Zabin, 50% off. It's uh, it's only $215. It's not bad. Oh, no, 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 no. The $430 was the 50% off price. I nearly plotzed. I said, $800 plus for this? Bullshit. There's no way there's $800. Dollars of technology, craftsmanship, materials, or anything in this polypropylene shell with the four wheels on it. None whatsoever. I was ready to pay upwards of $200 for it if it was 50% off $400, but I would have kind of said, oh, I feel like it's a $300 thing. Retail knowing that they've got to make a profit on it. I think there's $80 worth of stuff in it, mass-produced, ka-ching, ka-ching, assembled out the door. Maybe more than that. Maybe $100 worth of stuff. Sell it for three, discount it for $150. you are still not getting hurt. Bing, bang, boom. $800. Who the fuck has $800 to pay for luggage? I will put my shit in an onion sack and tie it with a rope, put my name tag on it before I pay $800 for it. And I know you're going to say, go to Costco, Zay, be getting a lot cheaper. Go to Target, go to any other place. You're right. I, I know that's where I got my old luggage, but the balls on this luggage maker and on Macy's to think anyone would pay that much money. I don't know. I guess somebody does, although there was a lot of luggage in stock, so maybe They're going to have to calm the fuck down with their prices before they move all that inventory. All right, let's talk to my man, Andy Bolin. All right, let's see if Andy Bolin has finally stopped tweeting about how awful the Pro Bowl is today. It's bad. Hello. All right, are you done bitching about the Pro Bowl? (laughs) <laughs> I watched zero seconds of it. Not one single second. Yeah, you know, that's me too, but only because I took a mother of all Sunday naps while t- a golf was on from Pebble Beach in the background. I would have watched some of the Pro Bowl and I would have anger tweeted it, but I, I was asleep. I, I could not do that after an excruciating afternoon at the mall with my wife and daughter. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> you're, like, you're like, what punishment is worth worse, watching the Pro Bowl and caring about it or going to the mall? 
Yeah, that's a coin flip there, I think. <laughs> I actually thought of you at the mall because I'm like, I'm going to ask Andy, when was the last time you went to the mall? And when was, the, when was the last time you mildly enjoyed going to the mall? Well, I'll tell you, the last time I went to the mall was when I got my new iPhone about two months ago. And ah. that was not by choice because <laughs> in order to get the phone, I had to go to the Apple store in Montgomery Mall. Right. But uh, that was not a, a trip to the mall. That was a forced trip to the right. mall. Right. I uh, I love malls. Uh, I'm a child of Tyson's Corner Mall in Virginia, and that's where we went. And I just look around and I say, this mall compared to most malls in America is doing way better than any other mall right now. But it's still, it's struggling. There oh, are yeah. stores. First of all, there's a lot of closed stores. There used to never be a closed retail space in Tyson's Corner Mall. Not one. Now mm. there's multiple ones. And there's some stores in there. You're like, how is this making any money? Like there's a store called the Selfie Center. And it's just <laughs> a place to take selfies in front of these cheesy little decorations and backdrops. I'm like, how can that pot I'm the guy I'm the dad guy in the commercial, in the progressive commercial. I'm like, how are you gonna make your your rent on selfies? Yeah, yeah. How do you make your overhead with just selling scotch tape? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's not talk about parking. Let's just keep it going. We went to uh, we went to the mall for one simple reason: there was nothing else to do. Yeah, it's yeah. the dead of winter. We are in that soft spot. We were in the soft spot weekend of no football for the first time in five months. If you don't count the Pro Bowl, which we don't, so yeah, it was a bit jarring. You know, what are you gonna do? What did you do this weekend? I uh, I binge watch Succession. I'm I'm way behind on this now. I I know the series started in 2018, but I didn't watch episode one until either yesterday or Friday. But I watched throughout the weekend seven total episodes of Succession. And so it sounds uh, like you're into it. Yeah, you know you know the the premise, don't you? I I do. It's based on Fox and Murdoch. Yeah, basically, and it's yeah. the family and power and business and billionaires I, and i watched yeah. the first three episodes mm-hmm. and then i said i am out you know mm-hmm. why i felt it stretched your expectations too much it it wanted you to believe things that i'm like no i'm not believing that like yeah. the fuck up kid who was in the mascot suit suddenly being at the funeral and then or not the funeral but being inside the family running things I don't care yeah. that he had a, a connection with the family. It just it didn't ring true to me. That's all. Yeah. Well, I mean, my kids tell me that episode season two it really picks. I up. know it's a little it's a little slow in season one. They tell well, me. Well, so yeah, they got to set things that. up. Here, the other thing yeah. is this: I didn't really care for the fate of the company or the jockeying of these asshole corporate people. I just didn't care about the characters. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, they're, they're all. I had nobody to root for. That's the thing. Yeah, exactly. I could tell early on. You know, in, in the best shows, even some of the bad guys you want to root for, whether it's Tony Soprano or Al Swearingen or Walter White, I couldn't yeah. find an asshole to root for in this thing. So I dropped. Yeah, well, yeah, well, the guy, the guy who plays Cameron in uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, yeah. is now all grown up. Yeah, and, and he's and he's still a spineless jellyfish. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, there was sports to talk about from the weekend, uh, but we'll get to that in a second. Let me just begin, though, with the commander's rollout on Tuesday. What were your thoughts? 
Uh, you know, well, I, I, first of all, I was not shocked at all. Uh, as, as I tweeted out, I said, if it's not commanders, uh, I'll be more surprised than when Bob Newhart woke up to Suzanne Plachette <laughs> at the end of the second series. Right. Um, that, that because, was second series, meaning uh, that was in the TV show Newhart. Yeah, it was Did, Newhart, but but the Bob Newhart show, his wife was Suzanne Plachette. And so in, I think, the best ending in the history of sitcom television, he ended his second series waking up next to his first wife. It was pretty cool. His second series, what do you mean by that? Well, the, the first series, he played a psychiatrist who lived in Chicago with Suzanne Plachette. The second oh, series, and that, was called, a, and that was called Newhart? Well, it was called The Bob Newhart Show. Okay. The second show was simply called Newhart, and he had a bed and breakfast with, you know, uh, Daryl and his other brother, Daryl, and, you know, other crazy characters. Oh, my uh, God, Andy. I had not known until you told me right now that there was two Newhart shows. Boy, I'm old, aren't I? <laughs> yeah. Well, hey. <laughs> no, it's all right. I, I'm, I'm vaguely aware of Newhart was not in my wheelhouse because, you know, I was like six or seven at the time. I feel this yeah. way when I'm quoting certain old shows to my young Thirty-somethings uh, mm-hmm. on ninety-seven-three, the game, and I say, "Ah, don't worry." It'd be like somebody making a gun smoke reference to me. Like, remember the well, time Hoss went to town and his horse was stolen? <laughs> no, the 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 Saturday night lineup on CBS in the seventies, early seventies, was the murderers' row of sitcoms. There was nothing like it. You had All in the Family, you had the Mary Tyler Moore show, you had Newhart, you had Nash, and you had the Carol Burnett show. You didn't need a remote control because you never changed the channel. <laughs> yeah, I, I just typed into Google 1970s CBS, and it fills in the rest going, Saturday night lineup? Are you looking for that? And then sure enough, uh, wow, look at that. Pow, pow, pow. That's yeah. some of the best sitcoms of all time. I, it, and, they're great. Right, and they can't make sitcoms anymore they don't know how to do it there's nobody that is funny anymore or they're afraid to make i don't know what it is they don't make good comedies anymore well you know it's funny when when you watch these playoff games on cbs and on nbc they're constantly throwing in these promos for these sitcoms which i have never watched ever i know i I, I mean i don't even understand why they're still doing them (laughs) because who's watching them i don't know And it's a struggle. But luckily, the networks have Lord Football to carry them. The one thing that still brings uh, all the eyeballs to the set. So, Commanders are the name. Uh, You weren't shocked. I actually thought, come was it Tuesday night? Wednesday was the the second, right? It was Wednesday, the reveal, right? Yeah. Yeah. So on on the night before, because of just how ridiculous some of the gaffes were, like the helicopter shot of the team store, whoops. And with how bad some of the unit some of the uh merchandise looked that leaked out, I said, I think this might be a big misdirection because it looked like Nobody would put out merchandise that no. looks like this. No. Nobody would be so dumb as to not cover up a sign the night before. Oh, wait no. a minute. They are that dumb. They are. You know, yeah. If it was it was the Patriots or the Dallas Cowboys, even you might say, yeah, maybe. No, these are the same schlemiels who, 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 who couldn't even spell London Fletcher's name right on the, on the scoreboard when they were right. honoring the, him. The same crew that slapped together a quick Sean Taylor tribute in like a week and then yeah. culminated it with having the Taylor family pose in front of a sign 
outside of FedEx called Sean Taylor Way, which nobody wants a street around FedEx named. All you do is think about how much fucking traffic and how bad the parking attendants are. Uh, and then they posed it in front of a line of porta potties. Yep. Unbelievable. Clever, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. So, yeah, I guess they are that dumb. But um, the name itself, you have always said, ah, I don't really care. Yeah. Well, I, I, now that it's here. No, I, I agree 100% with you. I heard your live appearance with uh, Kevin Sheehan the other oh, day. So thank made you. me feel really good, by the way. And, uh, yes, it, it feels like an expansion team. Uh, they're, they're really – other than and the colors, even on the road jersey, are ridiculous. They they're, fucked that up. Yeah, uh, no, they're not admitting that. No, they're, no. they're saying no. This is same shade. We just mixed <laughs> in these white Cradens. logos or something. Yeah, yeah. They're actually <laughs> directional arrows, small yeah, little whatever. arrows that point. Whatever. Yeah, I know it. <laughs> if if they did it the way they should, it, the the uniform redesign would have taken a week max. But they, they, like anyone that's being paid a lot of money to do a job, you say, how long do I have? Uh, 19 months. Oh, sweet. I'll dig right in on that. And they're going to slow walk it as much as they can. Do you know who had a major role in the uniform design? Bruce Allen. Tanya Snyder. She's got a a background in fashion. She had a fashion business when they met. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) Ah, so the name is the name. The uniforms are what they are. The uniforms will get tweaked throughout the years, so they won't they won't remain the burgundy or the maroon and black. Which, by the way, was great. One of the best things was, holy shit, Zorn was a prophet. They're finally here. The maroon and black is here. <laughs> so that'll change, um, you know. And commanders will become second nature, you know, instead of saying football team. By the way, I was at a lids today in the mall. Because why mm-hmm. wouldn't I be? And when I was done taking a selfie for eight ninety five at the selfie store, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm at Lids, and I'll send you the picture. A full section of Redskin slash Washington football team gear. You know, it was not in stock at all. Huh. Commanders gear. Oh, really? Oh, you mean you you think a place that sells hats? Might get a supply of hats. Exactly. Just you, to go out and buy you hats. would have thought on the first weekend after the name reveal, you might be like, God, I love that big flat W that looks like a taco holder. I got to go get a hat. And you go to yeah. Lids, you're all excited. They have a gazillion hats. They yeah. don't have a commander's hat. Should we send a shipment of hats to Lids? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and if you asked them about it, they'd have an excuse. They'd say, oh, well, you know, global supply chain, and we were worried about the name getting out, and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Oh. And I would say, oh, fuck that answer. You can't make up a small amount of hats. Get out of here with that nonsense. Did, did you see what they did? They rolled out these Teslas that were wrapped in the team colors I and saw logo. That. and and we're handing out free T-shirts. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the, and the team store that they just had to get the commander sign up the night before and spoil the <laughs> yeah. surprise had a line of all of 22 people or maybe yeah. that outside when the yeah. store opened at 10 a.m. All right, I want to talk about FedEx for a second. So they were at FedEx for the announcement with Craig mm-hmm. Melvin, but they also had an event on Friday night at right. FedEx Field. I'm listening to Grant and Danny. Uh, Mm -hmm. on WJFK, and a personal side note here, Andy. You know because I shared this with you when it happened, and you're you're close to me professionally, and and I think personally to a certain extent. When when everything merged together, 
980, the team got sold from uh, Urban One to Entercom at the time, which is now Odyssey, but same company. Mm -hmm. And there had just recently, back in October, I believe, uh, had an opening in Afternoon Drive because Chad Dukes got summarily whacked for comments he had made on his podcast. So there was a void in Afternoon Drive, right? Right. And I had sat there and I said, this might be finally one of the best breaks of my career because I've always wanted to be on that signal in afternoon drive on WJFK. And I said, wow, it's all coming together. The station has now bought us. They're going to keep some of the people from 980. They don't have a full-time permanent host in afternoon drive. And I thought, shit, if after 20 years of proving myself locally in afternoon drive and nationally, if I can't get this job, what the hell can I get? Well, it turns out they really were never interested. They end up promoting Grant and Danny, their midday show, to afternoon drive. And I'm not saying it was a bad choice, but it was it was a tough one for me, Andy. It was a mm-hmm. bitter blow. Yeah. That said, as I'm listening to Grant and Danny on Friday evening at 6 p.m. on a rapidly plunging temperature February night, where were they broadcasting live from? FedEx Field. Because the team had some event there. And I don't know if the station has a partnership with the team. Do you? I think they want to. They, as I understand it, the contract is up. And uh, and they're making a big bid for it. So that's a good way to, to get cozy okay. with, uh, okay. with them. So, the commanders. Right, the commanders. <laughs> so I sat there and I listened. And I thought, holy fuck. I could be out there right now having to <laughs> tap dance about how wonderful this night is when that remote, that live remote would have put me 122 miles from my bed on a 38 degree of Friday night in Ralph John, Maryland. Try 18. It got, yeah, it got even colder than that. Yeah. And it's funny because I listen to those guys uh, during the day uh, rather infrequently when I'm not listening to you, Andy, on 610, the sports capital. 630, and I'm on sorry. in the morning and not up against them, but thank yeah, you very whatever. much. I, whatever. <laughs> Late mornings. You're on You're on 10 to noon, right? Correct. Yeah, yes. okay. Uh, 630 a.m., one of the former yeah. iconic a.m. stations in the D.C. market. So I listened to them, and I heard them carpet bomb and kill the team during the week about things that didn't go right with the rollout and everything else. But what did I hear on Friday night? <laughs> and look, they're pros. I don't I don't begrudge them. That's not a criticism. They're being professional. I'm sure they were told, go out there, screw on a good face, find something positive to say. When all I could think about was, I would be screaming bloody murder. Why are they doing this on a Friday night after dark outside in the parking lots of a shitty stadium nobody wants to go to. <laughs> well, to, to be fair, the, the crowd was not as bad as I thought it would be. I think they had a couple of thousand people there. What but he so. do? That so <laughs> what? That doesn't matter. It was a dumb idea. It was miserable and those guys had to tap dance for the man and all I could think about was, well, what's the old axiom? Be careful what you wish for. In this yeah. case, I was actually happy. I said, you know what? I would not be happy if I was doing the show live, having to put a, a, a happy face 
on this yeah. stupidity because you know how much I hate the commanders and the name change. So yeah, there you go. That was yeah. my little personal anecdote as I thought, man, I'm so glad I'm not out there right now. Did you did you hear, by the way, uh, Jason uh, Wright went on, uh, it's not a, it was a, a, it's called the Economic Club. David Rubenstein, who is a big philanthropist, he's donated a lot of money to fix up the capital and okay. uh, uh, finances that's academic. He he's a, does, does very good things in D.C. And he was doing an interview. They did 45 minutes, he and Jason Wright. And at one point, Jason Wright, puffing out his chest, said that he had increased, since he'd come aboard, oh, the season that. ticket base by 80%. 80%. Oh, and didn't stop there because he said he expected by next season it would go up 150%. Now, you and I both suck at math, but if the season ticket base went up 150% and they had 30000 on their season ticket plan, which wouldn't have been unreasonable to expect given that it used to have at least 55,000 right. every single seat at RFK was right. a season ticket. That would mean by next season, they would have 90,000 season tickets sold in a stadium that now seats 67,000, <laughs> yeah. meaning Jason meaning, Ryan would have a huge problem on his hands. <laughs> their base must have been down under 10,000. Under right. 10,000. He did not. He un- did, unbelievable. I, I know. He did not disclose what the season ticket list was at, did he? No, but he hinted around enough. And here's the other thing. If you've been around here long enough, you don't go there because you know that just about, I don't know, six, seven, eight years ago, they were claiming a waiting list of 200,000. Andy, you and I presided over those claims back in the early aughts, 02, yep. 03, 04, 05. And we knew it was bullshit then, and it's now even bigger bullshit in in the rear view. But this this these comments from Jason Wright are, are just they're jaw dropping to think yeah. that's how few loyal paying season ticket holders they actually have. Most Ooh. franchises in the NFL have have very robust season ticket holders because they can sell their tickets they don't want and pay for sometimes the rest of their tickets. You know, they sell a hot commodity. If the Steelers are coming to town or the Packers or the Cowboys, they sell them and they make up three or four games in the process. Well, also, some people want to go to the stadium. Well, yeah, that's true. Some people people really like, they're proud to be season ticket holders. They're like, yeah. So we've gone from that to where we claim to be, he claims to be now, which, I mean, who's going to fact check him on this? The season, the the, the team bragged, lied about the season ticket list for years, so I guess you can just lie and who's going to check you on it. But the thing that gobsmacked me was that when asked about why did you do this reveal in New York with the Today Show and not locally, he said, well, you know, we're a global brand and <laughs> NBC News has a global reach. And I thought, the fucking ball's on you. When you can't fill your own stadium, even with half of them being other fans, and to say we're a global brand. Wow. You, you, you mean people are walking around in Russia with Washington football team shirts on? <laughs> what? Somebody, I think, snarkily responded to my tweet about that saying, well, you know, with the pandemic you know, travel restrictions, those global fans will probably start showing up next year. <laughs> Oh my god. It's uh it's bad. It's you know, it's an expansion team and a shit stadium with an owner who was universally not disliked, not even despised, but universally reviled. And yeah. then you had the cheerleader stuff on oh. Thursday 
And now this demand from Congress to turn over the report. And now the NFL's going, well, we we we're not going to be in charge of getting, you know, releasing the report. That'd be up to Dan. So that's yeah. a new well, one right there. The NFL has thrown Dan under the bus. Well, there and, and Dan has shot right back and said he won't stop the release. That the thing that they're doing though, they've released supposedly eight hundred documents. And they looked at them and they go, well, these are just useless. They, oh, well, the other stuff is is client privilege, attorney, yeah. attorney client. Right. So, so they they can hide whatever they want. And look, you know, this is the same Roger Goodell who said that Brian Flores' suit had no merit, and then two wow. days later sends out a memo ripping the owners for not hiring African American people. Right. So, well, the, both can be true, though. This is one thing I think you and others are missing on this. Th- that was a legal response. Th- this suit is without merit meaning the suit itself. It doesn't mean they don't want more black coaches. They do. So yes. we'll see in the court of law what, what it adds up to. And by the way, when did the Flores thing come down? Flores uh, released his thing, I want to say, before the name reveal. It so, been Monday. So I think you yeah. and I have not had a chance to riff on that. I haven't heard your take. Here's my overall take, and that is now with this NFL statement saying, you know, we're, we're committed to this, we're going to look at this. This is a league that just constantly investigates itself over everything. Yeah, right. It's the league that won't stop investigating itself when in reality they should say, no, we're not investigating shit. We're not Columbo. No crimes were committed here. We're playing football. Fuck off. No, no. What, what, what Goodell has done, because what's happening next on Friday is the state of the game address. Oh, right. So he has now released the talking points for the questions he will get with that thin, annoying voice, condescending way he has of talking. Right, the corporate speak. You know, it's all about community and what we believe as a partner uh, to be a a, a space leader in that category. Uh, You know, we want to do Shut up, you asshole. we, we are investigating this. We are looking oh, yeah. at it. I have had my people do this. The same. So it's already out there. So you, anybody who has a question for him, it's already been answered in this release. Yeah. And, 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 and then and what happens next year when the hiring cycle produces no African-American coaches? Same thing. Oh, we're going to look an independent investigation. We're going to bring in outside people to look at this. It's all a bunch yeah. of garbage. It's the shell game that they play on the corners of New York City. It's yeah. ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And they and, and so much of the stuff they don't have to investigate. They never had to investigate Deflategate like they no. did. They could have no, just said would... they could have just said, oh, you know what? The Colts complained the balls were a little bit underinflated. Referees checked them and pumped them up at halftime. That's that. Didn't have to go as deep as they did, but they did. Same thing for Bountygate. Same thing for Spygate. They don't have to investigate themselves. Now they've got workplace situations like with the cheerleaders and the Redskins that you're never going to get to the real truth of it because there's so many parties interested in making financial claims against a league that's worth $16 billion that they will outright lie about what happened. I, I heard one woman claim that a player walked into the office in front of everybody and dropped his pants and yeah. showed his dick and p- pretty much was like, you want to go ahead and suck it? And I'm like, that didn't happen. I don't give a shit. I'm calling bullshit. There's no way that happened. I don't know if that didn't happen. How do you know? Andy, there are certain things you have to go, I don't believe it. Okay. Well, you don't believe it, but it does. I doesn't mean it didn't happen. It was so outrageous. A football player walks into the office pulls his pants down in front of sight of other office workers and reveals his dick and nobody says anything. And it just well, he goes well, back to practicing. 
it, it's been a long time since I did this, but in the early 80s, going back almost 40 years ago, I did minor league football. These were the guys who weren't quite good enough yeah, for yeah, minor to be in the football. NFL. Andy, these guys are, are, are reprobates and they're parolees. They're psychopaths. I understand, but, but that could have happened. <laughs> I, I, I rode the buses with them, and I heard their conversations. I heard how they talked. E- either that way, could have happened. Okay, either way. The other thing was, you know, these women are saying, I was harassed 500 more times. You worked there for eight years. Like, there has to be some onus of, if it's that bad, why are you working there for eight years? Well, I mean, again, they were they they were young. They were afraid to do say things. They you were know, afraid to quit and go, say I resign. Well, and I'm leaving. Well, were, eight years. Yeah. Eight years. I, I understand, but but you don't know the mindset of 24, 25 year old women. You just don't. Well, I don't. But I've got a 22 year old and a 20 year old, and believe me, I'm going to have the talk of if someone comes up and pulls his pants down and shows his dick in front of the office, you're quitting that job tomorrow and you're well, pouring yeah. it to people. I don't care how good the job is. The, By the, the way, Stockholm syndrome grabs you sometimes. It I does. Know. But here's the thing. These jobs are not even that good. They don't pay a lot in sports with a professional franchise. They I, trade. I they trade on this notion of, oh, you're in, you're in major league, you know, you're in big time right, sports. Right. Right, right. So people they, put up with low pay and having to work right. Saturdays and whatnot because they're yeah. they're like in it and they think they're going to become the commissioner someday. They're not. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, whatever. That, anyway, I, I, so so now the league now the league has got to go reinvestigate the Washington cheerleader thing, or at least pretend like they are, and they have to go do another investigation as to why aren't we hiring any black coaches? It's a league that won't stop investigating itself. Well, they have they have to say to the public that this is not right. No, they don't. That, that well, yeah, they do because they're they're in the public relations business. Or what's going to happen? People stop watching football. No, but but any business, no, even no matter how successful, has to continue a policy of of being you know client or, or customer friendly, and that's what you know. So, and again, half half the fan base is women now. So, you know, you, you right. can't you can't just you can't just say, well, screw them. You know, <laughs> you don't say screw them. You say, look, we're the we're the NFL. We run a league. The teams are responsible for doing what they do. Good, bad or in between. Hand it off to the teams as a league. Don't be in the business of investigating everything because well, now they're what? in the spin cycle. Now they can't get out of it. Now they're in the muck. It's a league that constantly investigates itself and takes these highfalutin moral stances and paints shit in the end zones. Yeah, well that's been ridiculous too. That whole thing with the with the well, things on the backs of the helmets. They're going to make the, the, yeah, fo- they're gonna make the fonts bigger because it's not yeah. working as intended. <laughs> yeah, the other thing is, you know, the Flores lawsuit a week later, now that the the dust has settled, looks like some weak coffee to me. I'm not a lawyer, but his his side claims of Elway showed up drunk, which he's disputed, and mm-hmm. you know the Dolphins offered me money to tank games. No proof of that as of yet. Those have nothing to do with racism. No, that that's a separate thing. The, 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 yeah, the tanking of the games is so. Different. What he, what has he got at its core? But but, but what he, what he is saying is in these interviews. That there's there's the token interviews. What's sure. what's happened with the Rooney Rule is they decide who they're going to hire, and then they try and bring in some black guys to to interview so that they fulfill the Rooney Rule. So and, what's going to happen now is every single minority interview is going to happen absolutely before 
they get to the guy they really want. They're just going to move the fake interviews up further in the schedule. That's all. Well, what, what, one thing that Tony Dungy said, which I agree with, how about that you cannot conduct interviews until after the Super Bowl? Because what you're doing is you're interviewing coaches who are assistants on playoff teams, and they're being interviewed on a day off or a, a period of time off in preparing for the game. They can't p- properly prepare for I, the interview. I agree. If with they're that. doing that. I agree. So, with that. so, so although, yeah, I, you, although I thought it, at one point there was some sort of no fly zone period. Did the, didn't yeah, they change? The, didn't they change that saying it's unfair to coaches who are already either not employed or on teams not in the playoffs to wait, make people wait until after the Super Bowl? Yeah, but what they, they they could easily move the draft up. I mean, part of this is the way the calendar works. You got the combine coming, you got the draft and all that. Just postpone all that stuff. You know, you don't you don't have to do that in, in February with the with the combine. You don't have to have the draft in in uh, April. You can have that in May. Just move it up a month, and I think that would help. I think it would help anyway. A- exit question: What is the right number of African American coaches in a league of thirty two teams? Go. It's more than one. I want a number. I don't have a number. Well, yeah, then if you have a no, if you have no number, you can have no satisfactory outcome. Well, Andy. because because the other side of that is, and this is this in this part is correct. You cannot tell somebody who to hire for a job. True. And, and and you can't. And and I don't like the idea of attaching draft picks and other incentives because then it's it's that's quotaism and all that. That's that doesn't make sense either. Right. But there, there's there's got to be a way. Look. Look at the numbers. <laughs> Jim Caldwell got fired after taking the Lions to the playoffs twice. They've been as big a dumpster fire as the Washington team right. since then. So, you know, the numbers tell you that that African-American coaches, it's not just that that they they don't get as many opportunities. It's when they get them, they don't have much of a leash. They're gone. Yeah. Well, I don't know if there's an easy solution because, like you said, how are you going to tell no. a team you can't hire who you want you to can't. hire? You can't. And if, you can't. if there's a team, it, it, if there's a team that has, if you start putting numbers on it and quotas, and let's say there's a team that has not fired their coach in 12 years and they finally do, and there's a lack of minority coaches in the league, and they go, okay, you're you're going to have to take one to help you know boost up the numbers. They might go, well, wait a minute, we got we went 12 years with a coach we liked. We're finally going to change him out. There's candidate B who just happens to be white. We really want. You're telling me we yeah. can't have him. Yeah, I know. I understand. You would they, be you would be forcing the individual clubs to sort of uh, do something against their will for a collective good that has no defined numerical endpoint, which is a tough deal. Yeah, it's 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 not easy, but th- maybe they need to change the way they do business a little bit to see if they can you know make some changes. Is That's there all. any is there any fixing the Pro Bowl? How about that? No, no. The, the Pro Bowl, <laughs> the, the problem with the Pro Bowl is it's going to get ratings. The, the, the television number for that will be pretty decent, even though the game is a farce. So they're, they're, they're kind of trapped into that. I, I saw no minutes of it like you did, but I saw a clip on Twitter before yeah. I picked up the phone to you, and they were Ridiculous. playing patty cake. They did not yeah, tackle. The guy stopped running. He got pushed two-hand touch, and that was it. And the yeah. funny thing is you and I are old enough to remember when the league threatened to cancel the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, and 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 they they've come up with this, which is you know, but but the problem is if you wanted to go away, stop watching it. That's well, that's the thing. It's a, it's going to get ratings. B, yeah. the league doesn't have the balls to cancel it, even though they threatened to turn this car around if you guys don't start playing. <laughs> and the players have figured out why should we fucking tackle? We get paid the same, and they're not going to cancel it. Yeah, it yeah. It's Look. the perfect storm of I don't give a fuck all three ways. 
you know, the, the, the punter got blown up by Sean Taylor. He's the last guy to actually play real football in the pro. Brian Mormon. His Mormon, name shall live in infamy. Well, your team might have missed the big game this year, but my bookie's double deposit bonus. Make sure you won't. Sign up at MyBookie now and use my promo code ZABE to have your first deposit matched instantly so you can get in on all the action of Super Bowl 56. The only way watching the biggest game of the year could get any better is to get paid doing it, and MyBookie gives you everything you need to do it. With double your money, you can double your winnings, and the best starting point for the big game is with Super Bowl prop bets. Whether it's on or off the field, there's no shortage of wagers to choose from for the Super Bowl, so get in on the action and let the confetti fall and walk away a winner don't miss out head to my bookie and double your first deposit up to a thousand dollars by using promo code zabe charlie zulu alpha bravo echo place your bets and get ready for the unmatched excitement of the super bowl bet anything anytime anywhere with my bookie you know we're driven by the search for better when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, yeah. uh, let's talk Super Bowl five minutes, then you're done. You've done a great job today. Good good long run with me tonight. Um, Thanks, Super Coach. Bowl 56, uh, mm-hmm. there's going to be good storylines. Ticket prices are through the, loo- through the roof. Bengals are not big uh, points underdogs. It's only four and a half. But they are big karmic underdogs because of how long it's been since they've been there and the fact that nobody thought they would get there this year. They were like 150 to one long shot and the Rams are playing at home. Yeah. Well, what what does playing at home mean? I mean, the the Super Bowl, the ticket You're a little more familiar with the sight lines. You feel a bit more comfortable. Mm -hmm. You can be lured into thinking it's a regular season game and not get as blown away by all the pomp and circumstance. They may have a crowd noise advantage. I don't know. The ticket prices are so fucking expensive. I can't believe there's a lot of big Cincinnati money ready to pay nine grand for a Ducat. Yeah, I I think you take the the, the crowd totally out of it because most of those tickets are going to go to celebrities. It's Hollywood. That's that's what's going to happen there. Right. But I think you look at the game. The the, the big matchup that you look at is, and now what happened in in the last game with Cincinnati, how they were able to basically protect Burrow was amazing because he got sacked nine times in the game before. And and the Rams' defensive front, oi, gavalt. Oi, gavalt. (laughs) They should, in yeah. theory, on paper, they should feast in this game, but we won't know until we actually play it. Yeah. What's your I, early I, lean? Since I won't talk to you until after it's over. I, I, I just, I'm, I'm just in love with this kid Burrow and the kicker. I, I, I think I they it. find a way to win the game. Yeah. 
Yeah, that 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 might be the the way to go on that. Do you miss Radio Row at all? No, nah, I think I think at, at this point, <laughs> I think what it's devolved into. I mean, it never really had a heyday. I guess I I, I kind of liked it before. It did have a heyday. I when, can't pin it down, but I remember it because I went to a lot of them. It was a great warm weather junket, an excuse yeah. to get out of town, eat big fancy meals on the company dime, and maybe play some golf if you're lucky. That's all yeah, it was to me. It, it, it was that, but but I, I go back to the days where it was a piranha tank before all the <laughs> before all the big big names got attached to a product, right. and so. I remember the days when Jerry Jones would just stroll in and you'd see, you know, 20 12. producers come around. Yeah. And I'm like, Jerry, 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 can you come talk yeah. to uh, our, our table? Yeah. 12, 12 pimple faced kids right out of Syracuse, you know, pulling on his coattail. And, and the and the host back at the table has got his hands in the air. Well, did you get him? Did you get him? You know? <laughs> I tell you what killed Radio Row when they plopped the NFL network down on a huge set yeah. right in the yeah. middle of it. That was right. when it was like, okay, you're not getting anyone really, really good if you're in radio. And by the way, this is a TV show more than anything yeah. else. And the backdoor dealing, like you'll get, you know, like a, a, a marginal A-list guy, but you got to take like the one-legged tap dancer, you know? <laughs> exactly. The one-legged, the one-legged Russian tap dancer who wants to talk about human trafficking in her former Yugoslavia. Yeah, that yeah. that sort of thing. And then, and then, uh, as as our friend Rivera points out, when they would bring in all the ones who were suffering from concussions and other post-football injuries instead of be like at the national tobacco convention they bring around cancer survivors oh my god <laughs> <laughs> all right i uh, i ran out of my uh, shortened outro music a minute and 14 seconds andy good to talk to you enjoy the super bowl in front of your television where it's meant to be enjoyed and i will talk to you on monday i did take there care we'll end with this Somebody somewhere said, money is a hell of a drug. I know that quote has been uttered by somebody, maybe multiple people. If not, I'll take it as a Zabe original, but there's no way it is. Money is a hell of a drug. And it seems like the more you have, the more you want. Oh, that is rich. From Mr. Five Bucks a Month for one day a week. Okay, okay, listen. I'm trying to provide for my family here, okay? Not my kids, 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 kids. Money is a hell of a drug. The more you have, the more you want. Some 30 PGA Tour pros petitioned and got a release from the PGA Tour to go play in a new stand-up event called the Saudi International, which sits in a dead spot on the European Tour schedule that runs through the Middle East, including Dubai next week, I want to say. And of course, uh, the 30 players wanted that sweet, sweet, easy Saudi money. That appearance fee money that you do not get on the PGA Tour. Now, first of all, Harold Varner III won the tournament on a spectacular coast-to-coast long-range bomb on the 18th hole in which his reaction was so great because he's watching it go, it was like a sixty-foot putt from the fringe of the fringe of the green, and he over a over a hill and then down a crest, and and he stays stock still the whole time. He doesn't get prematurely excited like ooh ooh, start stepping. He's frozen. It goes in, slams his putter to the ground, 
does a Hulk Hogan flex, goes and jumps into the arms of his caddy. Great moment for a really good dude who I got to meet briefly at uh, the tour stop in D.C. years ago. And the only other African-American player with full-time rights on the PGA Tour. So there's that. But anyway, first win for him. First win for him. And it was great. But that aside, this event is classic sports washing where the Saudis and their money, they want to sort of, you know, go, hey, we're not so bad over here. We don't engage in widespread human rights violations. And we don't we don't have a backward-ass society that still exists in the year 2021. Come play golf over here. We got golf courses. We got nice things. And 30 PGA Tour pros said, oh, I want that money. I already have lots of money, but I can get more money, easy money. And one of the guys to take that easy money was Phil Mickelson. And Mickelson was not just content to go take that money as one of the 30 tour pros given a release from the PGA Tour because that's required if you're going to play in a opposite field event to a tour event. By the way, I, I don't I don't want to think that if I had the money of these top 30 tour pros that I would pass up a chance to go play Pebble Beach even if I've played that event multiple, multiple times. I, they're they're giving out money at Pebble Beach too. You know, not as much, but you're in America and you're at Pebble Effing Beach. Did you see how glorious the weather was this week? I know. I digress. So I would hope to think that I wouldn't yeah, I would just say, oh my God, Saudi Arabia, Pebbles this week. They pay money there. I might win this thing. Anyway, so Mickelson, not just content to go take that Saudi money, fired off a quote saying that he was exhausted by the PGA Tour's, quote, obnoxious greed, unquote, because he claimed that he had to pay the tour $1 million just to be granted a waiver to play in the match against uh, whoever is made for TV events where he's played in a couple of them now. The one was the Tiger Woods one on Thanksgiving in which he played for a million dollars or 10 million or five. I forget what the number is. Mickelson says this. They're obnoxious greed. Well, Brandel Chambly, God bless that little elf, has taken Mickelson to the woodshed on GolfChannel.com. Delivering a salvo from Saudi Arabia, where he, whether he knows it or not, is just a highly paid ventriloquist, Chambly writes, a highly paid ventriloquist puppet involved in a sport washing operation for a murderous regime Guilty of human rights atrocities, Mickelson said the PGA Tour was guilty of, quote, obnoxious greed. First, while interviewed by Golf Digest in Saudi, Mickelson again inaccurately advanced his attempts to denigrate the business model of the PGA Tour. Back in September, he claimed on Gary Williams' podcast, Five Clubs, we talked to Gary about that, that the tour paid out only 26% of its revenue to players. The actual number is 55%. Now he has continued his subterfuge, you can say lying, by saying the PGA Tour could end any threat, presumably from the Saudi blood money funding a proposed Super League, by just handing back the media rights to the players. 
added that the tour forced him to pay a million dollars for his media rights in the match. Said it was beyond obnoxious, emphasized it had opened the doors for opportunities elsewhere. Well, first of all, Mickelson writes Chambly did not have to write a check to the PGA Tour for a million dollars. It was Turner Sports who broadcast the event that paid that sum for the media rights of the players involved. And by the way, the tour had every right, says Chambly, to refuse the release and just say no. And the million dollars didn't go into Commissioner Jay Monahan's pockets. One went, one half went to charities. The other half went to, as Phil would say, the tour, which means it helps facilitate some 130-odd tournaments run out of the Ponte Vedra, Pedro Beach, Ponte Vedra Beach, Florida offices. The tour, says Chambly, is not a pejorative term, as Mickelson appeared to intend in his interview. It's synonymous for the players. As a membership organization, the tour ensures every dollar is either paid out to the players, earmarked for charity, or reinvested in the organization itself to better serve the players in the future. Chambly also points out no sports league, not the NFL, MLB, NBA, PGA Tour, or any other league, would allow athletes to own their own media rights. So there's nothing to hand back. The profits derived from aggregating those rights fees, provides infrastructure, pays league employees, and helps pay the salaries of the athletes themselves. In this case, the ever-increasing purses and bonus pools available to tour members, including Mickelson. To say nothing of protecting the investments of the networks. Could you imagine a network that had paid hundreds of millions of dollars or billions of dollars for broadcast rights only to have to compete with a Tom Brady or a Mike Trout or a LeBron James or a Tiger Woods channel? Where they, well, first of all, there'd be no Mike Trout channel, but I felt, he probably felt like I have to I have to put that in there just to give baseball a spot. Nobody gives a shit about baseball. Tom Brady, LeBron James, or Tiger Woods channel, where they ran their highlights on a loop. The networks would cease paying these exorbitant broadcast fees if such content was omnipresent, which means the leagues themselves in their current form would cease to exist. Ding, ding, ding. As would the ever-increasing prize money for the majority. Unless, of course, the superstars wanted to share their wealth derived from these hypothetical channels. Spoiler alert, Mickelson others, Mickelson and others would not. Now, Shambly speaks from a particular painful point of view on this. The gutting of the golf channel and the moving it up to Connecticut, which is something that has hurt a lot of us that play golf and love the golf channel at its full, robust heyday with a bunch of live shows and personalities, many of whom you liked, and and funny, wacky shows to kill time with on a cold February night, you know, like the big break and whatnot. That got gutted to the bone. You know why? They had to pay a shit ton more money to the PGA Tour for the rights to carry PGA Tour events. And it's unfortunate because you would think that the Golf Channel would have a pretty good bargaining position to tell the tour, hey, we can pay you this, but that's all. And then what's the tour going to do? Well, we'll take our we'll take our Thursday, Friday action somewhere else. Yeah, where else? Well, what other channel? What other channel has loser nerds like Zabe that just want to watch Thursday golf from TPC Southwind? But anyway, I digress. Goes on to point out, oh, obnoxious greed, how ironic it is for a golfer who in July of uh, uh, July of 2012, according to financial records, 
Phil Mickelson purchased $2.46 million worth of Dean Stock Food, Dean Foods stock. Having never before bought this stock, the day after Dean Foods announced a spinoff named White Wave, which sent stock prices soaring, Mickelson sold all of his holdings in Dean Foods for a profit of nearly, here's that figure again, $1 million. These transactions were somewhat consistent with the purchase and sale of the same stock by a friend of Mickelson's at the time, Billy Walters. Big Las Vegas gambler, owns a number of golf courses out there, including the outstanding Valley High. Billy Walters, who was subsequently charged and convicted of insider trading based on these transactions and only recently got out of jail. However, the SEC did not charge Mickelson with a crime. Lucky him. But he was named as a relief defendant in a civil case, meaning the agency believed that he profited from insider trading with Dean Foods, even if he didn't engage in it himself. Mickelson eventually had to surrender his profits of $931,738 plus interest of $105,291. Oh, must have killed Mickelson to reach into his pocket for that. What's particularly rich here is that Mickelson that year in 2012 made in excess of $45 million on the golf course and in related endorsements. Ooh, but the chance to make a cool million more on insider trading that could send you to jail? Old lefty said, fuck it, I'm in. Give me that money. It's going to hurt my boy out there in the desert, the Silver Fox, K-Dub. I know you love Mickelson being an Arizona guy. I'm sorry, buddy. Had to be done. Fuck Phil Mickelson. There, did I make that clear enough? Good job, Randall Chambly. Sorry for calling you a little elf. I meant that in all due respect and love. Small guy, great hair, wonderful life. I enjoy his commentary on the Golf Channel, even though at times I disagree with it. All right, that's a wrap for today. Thank you so much for listening. Spread the word. Rate and review. Tickle the algorithmic overlords. We are into Super Bowl week. Bengals and Rams from Los Angeles. As we carry through the week, we're going to have a monster week here on the Zabecast. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. Well, your team might have missed the big game this year, but my bookie's double deposit bonus makes sure you won't. Sign up at MyBookie now and use my promo code ZABE to have your first deposit matched instantly so you can get in on all the action of Super Bowl 56. The only way watching the biggest game of the year could get any better is to get paid doing it, and MyBookie gives you everything you need to do it. With double your money, you can double your winnings, and the best starting point for the big game is with Super Bowl prop bets. Whether it's on or off the field, there's no shortage of wagers to choose from for the Super Bowl, so get in on the action and let the confetti fall and walk away a winner don't miss out head to my bookie and double your first deposit up to a thousand dollars by using promo code zabe charlie zulu alpha bravo echo place your bets and get ready for the unmatched excitement of the super bowl bet anything anytime anywhere with my bookie